Welcome to this week's episode of A Cowboy Life, the storytelling podcast presented by Smoothie King, blending goodness to fuel your greatness. I'm Brady Tinker. This week, we bring you a story told to me by former undrafted free agent safety Jeff Heath. You know, Jeff was one of those guys that had to play for his job seemingly every day. He was from Little Saginaw Valley State. He was undrafted, he was undersized, and he was often just dismissed. But truth be told, Heath played for the Cowboys for seven years, and he was a hard-ass that loved to hit. Please enjoy a story that will stir your insides. Jeff Heath and Did I Kill Him? When you hit somebody and it's so a lot of times it's a hard hit, you don't even feel it. I remember actually when I hit him, it felt way different. It just felt like a thud, like a huge thud. He felt so heavy when I hit him and I don't know why that was. And I think when I hit him, I was like, that didn't feel right. Like I, and then I, I didn't see him. I didn't see that he was laying and I, I hit him and I kind of ran down and I think we ended up fair catching it. And then when I looked back and I saw and I was like, yeah, I knew, like that wasn't right. I, something's wrong. According to data collected, the average G-force of an NFL special teams hit is akin to hitting a wall in a car at 42 miles an hour. It is the same amount of force applied when a person would fall six stories onto concrete. And sure, NFL players have shoulder pads and they have helmets, but there are no airbags in football, there are no seat belts to slow momentum or to tamper speed. And when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, there may not be a player who knows this better than former Cowboy safety Jeff Heath. Jeff started with the Cowboys in 2013, and he wore the number 38 as a strong safety here through the 2019 season. And despite his small school pedigree, Heath managed to impress the Cowboys' leadership. You may remember that he's just over six feet tall and weighs about 210 pounds, and I'd say that's soaking wet. And yet, from his first day, he was physically rocking anyone who was holding a football. And every year, Jeff Heath was gonna be gone, but no coach would cut him. He was dependable, tough, fast, and willing to play anywhere and do anything for the team. And those guys in the NFL are oftentimes few and far between. Jeff was one of those guys that I, as a media member, clicked with. He'd tell me the truth, and he'd share about himself as well, and we grew close. And there was something that had happened in his career in his third year that we'd never talked about. So I asked, and here goes. Heading into the 2015 season, things were looking up for young Jeff Heath. The Cowboys were coming off a great 2014 season, and he was playing a lot at free safety, and he was already a special teams captain. But at the midpoint of that year, the Cowboys, after starting 2-0, were reeling from the loss of their quarterback, Tony Romo, and now four straight losses. You know, we were kind of on a, a little bit of a losing streak, and you know you try not to kind of put so much pressure, you know, we need this game or else, or we're, we're done or whatever. But, you know, you, you can't fall in too big of a hole in the NFL. It's just too hard to get out of. So two and four coming off a of bye week, and here come the Seattle Seahawks, a hard-nosed bunch that hits you for the full 60 minutes. So let's start there. We knew we had Seattle coming in. We knew it was going to be a tough game. You know, they had really good defense, really physical team, ran the ball really well created turnovers. They were just tough. Like you just hated playing Seattle because you knew what type of game 
it was going to be. And it was, they weren't going to lay over. You're going to have to earn everything from them. You go into every game with that kind of mindset that it's going to be a physical game. But it's something about when you're just playing a team like Seattle. Uh, you just know it's going to be stepped up a notch. They're not a dirty team, but they just have this reputation and just ass kickers, just guys who are tough, gritty, and uh, it's just a pain in the ass to play against. So the whole week preparing, you know, you're just ready for that. For every NFL game played, players will prepare. They will watch film of the opposing team. And each player will know at some point there's going to be a guy, a particular opponent that they have to be ready for. On special teams, Jeff Heath knows that that is Seattle's Ricardo Lockett. He's a stud. And on this day, he will need to pay particular attention to him. When you put on the film of Seattle, you just saw this dude run out and kick off 10 yards in front of everybody, number 83, and then, you know, on punt, uh, just blowing up returners all, all season. And that's just, he was just so fast. That's, I think if you just ask anybody what is his uh, identity or like what's his best thing, it's speed. He's just probably one of the fastest players in the league. They put him, uh, obviously on flyer, on punt, and at the two on kickoff, and he just just could ruin the whole play just by how fast he was. And, you know, not only is he fast, but he's a big guy. He's big, physical. Um, you know, there's numerous highlights of him just destroying people. So he just fit right into their mold of what types of guys they want and really what types of guys you want in the NFL. At six foot two, 211 pounds, Ricardo Lockett was nearly a spot-on match physically in size and stature to Jeff Heath. And Heath was right. Lockett was fast. Lockett set records for the 100-meter and 40-yard dash in the NCAA track season when he was in college. He was also a very good receiver. But he was known to the Cowboys for his uncanny ability to get away from double teams on the outside of the line of scrimmage and make tackles over and over again on special teams. Preparing for the game, it was more than obvious to Jeff Heath that he would always have to keep an eye out for Lockett. Game day morning, you know, we stayed at the hotel, get up, have a meal, head over to the stadium early. Everything felt normal. There's probably a little bit more urgency at that time of the year just based off how the last few weeks had gone and we were kind of falling behind in our division and we weren't playing very well. So. I would say there was some urgency that this is a big game. It's November 1st, 2015, week seven of the NFL season. At 325 Central Time, 95,000 people made their way into AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. The temperature didn't matter. The roof was closed on a very gray fall football day. Remember, the Cowboys are two and four, coming off a great 2014 season that had seen them make it to the divisional playoffs. Meanwhile, the Seahawks are sitting at three wins and four losses and not where they expected to be either because they've been to two straight Super Bowl appearances and won one of them. The first half is almost over with Seattle leading 10-6 in a physical affair as expected. The Seahawks are punting with 21 seconds left in the half when suddenly the perspective of everyone with eyes on this football game changed. There is a crash in the middle of the field. Two undrafted free agents that are now key players for their teams come together, and it all goes wrong. People don't even know, but that was actually, we had a fake, or not a fake, but we had like a trick play on that punt. We were gonna, it's really a throwback. So we, we double that flyer, our returner catches it. One of the guys that's doubling him kind of peels off and we were gonna throw it back to him. So Brandon Carr was actually gonna throw it back. So my job is to protect the returner. I don't, whoever is the first guy down, I gotta block him so that we have enough time to throw the ball. 
So it kind of looks like when you watch the play, it looks like he's doubled. He's not seeing me and I'm just like trying to like sneak one on him. But my job on the play is to block the most dangerous guy and knowing who he is and that they were going to let him release inside. He's probably going to run right to me. So knowing how fast he is, what type of player he is, I was just kind of assuming before the play, well, I'm probably going to have to block this guy. And Heath did exactly that. As expected, Lockett gets away from a double team on his way to disrupt the return. And Heath hits him, and Lockett goes down. But this time, on a block that looked to everyone else like any other block, something happened. Beasley, a fair catch at the 30. The Cowboys have 13 seconds left, and there is a Seahawks player down in the middle of the field. There's an immediate sense of urgency here as medical personnel for the Seahawks are sprinting onto the field. It appears to be Ricardo Lockett, and he is motionless on his side at the top of the star at midfield. When you hit somebody, and it's a lot of times when it's a hard hit, you don't even feel it because uh, I, don't, I don't really know why, but it just feels really smooth and clean and doesn't feel like anything. But I just, I remember actually when I hit him, it felt way different. It just felt like a thud, like a huge thud. And it was like, and you could kind of tell how he felt. He just kind of like, boom, and it was just like, just like, it just felt so weird. Like he felt so heavy when I hit him. And I don't know why that was. And I think it's really hard for me to explain, but the hit, the hit did feel different. And I remember kind of like, when I hit him, I was like, didn't feel right like I and then I, I didn't see him I didn't see that he was laying and I, I hit him and I kind of ran down and I think we ended up fair catching it and then when I looked back and I saw and I was like yeah I knew, like that wasn't right I, something's wrong Ricardo Lockett laid on the field at AT&T Stadium for 32 minutes and for 32 minutes, while Arlington Fire and EMS technicians attended to him, he did not move. We were on the sideline. I saw Heath come across, and I mean, he had locked it. You could hear it. That's John Robertson, an EMS technician in Arlington, Texas. He was a pivotal part of the emergency team tasked with coming to the aid of injured players at AT&T Stadium in 2015. And fortunately for Ricardo Lockett, John wasn't just at the game, he was on the clock. This wasn't your average hit, and you could tell by the sound of it. And Jess stood there, we knew at that point that this was not going to be good. When a player is injured on the field during an NFL game, there are a lot of different systems that need to click into place for everything to go right for that player. Dozens of people will spring into action. Equipment is ready. Broadcast stations have to be notified. And oh yeah, there are 95,000 people sitting in the stands who want to know what's happening. Not to mention, in this case, somebody's life is on the line. No pressure. So we got there and he was telling us, hey, I don't feel anything. I'm oriented and everything else. and I can't feel anything from my neck down. And that's when we knew it was serious. I told Andy to go to the head, talk to uh, and keep talking to him. We're going to put him on a backboard, put him on a cot, put him on the cart, take him from the cart out to the ambulance so the ambulance can transport him to the, the Baylor Hospital over in Dallas. Sometimes a different perspective from a teammate who was on the field will help. We talked to then safety Byron Jones, Heath's teammate who was responsible for detaining Lockett at the line of scrimmage as long as he could. 
He took a hard inside release, and Jeff Heath made a good play. Um, it was a clean hit, and that's what I thought. Uh, it's just one of those things that's a freak, freak accident. You hate to see a guy like that go down because he's one of the most respected special teams guy in the league, and um, just one of those things that happens. Former Cowboys leader and all-pro linebacker Sean Lee told me everything stops when there's a man motionless on the field. When you see something like that, you just start praying. Um, you know, this is a physical game, and... You know, we want to come out and hit and play hard, but you never want to see anything like that. Um, so that is, right then, we're like, you know, you know, hopefully he's all right. Please get up. And you're praying that, you know, long-term health, he's okay. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting Cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com Cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing the star where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going bank of america is proud to be the official bank of the dallas cowboys and to support the quest of living life the cowboys way copyright 2020 bank of america corporation want to use what the pros use how about the official men's skincare brand of the dallas cowboys jack black right now you can get the jack black starter a curated collection of cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping the starter includes four jack black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word team jb that's getjackblack.com cowboys the jack black starter 10 bucks Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Well, I just remember thinking that I just wanted him to get up, but it, it's like I just wanted to kind of, I wanted to just go in the locker room. I kind of wanted to just be away, and I knew all these dudes were screaming at me, and I was like, I don't even care. Like, I don't care about you. Just... I'm just watching him, okay, is he okay, blah, 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 I'm waiting, yeah, I'm waiting to hear from our trainers or from anybody. He was just down for so long, and I was like, God, what could be? I mean, it was terrifying. Unbeknownst to Jeff Heath, who was in the locker room, Ricardo Lockett had sustained a severe concussion, but that was the least of it. The force of the hit nearly disconnected Lockett's skull from his spine. The only thing keeping his head on his shoulders were the ligaments in his neck and the skin around it. A fair catch by the Cowboys on the play probably saved Lockett's life. Had he been moved, shifted, fallen on, or even patted on the helmet by another player, he would have died right there on the field.
This story is told from Jeff Heath's memory on a terrible day of football for him. But we wanted to read you something that Ricardo Lockett wrote for the Players' Tribune in July of 2016. You know what it felt like? Have you ever experienced sleep paralysis? Imagine you wake up from a dream early in the morning and you can hear everybody in your house making breakfast and talking and laughing, but you can't move. No matter how hard you try, you can't actually get up. You're stuck in between being asleep and being awake. So you just lay there, trapped inside your own body while the world goes on around you. And that's exactly what it felt like, except I wasn't in bed. I was at the 50 yard line of AT&T Stadium surrounded by 90,000 fans. And I said to myself, Lord, just help me. I know I'm here for a reason. If you help me off this ground, I'll change lives. It was the second time I had ever said that to myself. I've never spoken about this before, but the first time I made that promise was in college. I was talking to a young lady when her boyfriend came up and pulled a gun on me. It was a revolver, so I could clearly see the bullets in the chamber. I didn't know whether I was going to live or die. And in that moment, when I was looking at the chamber, I said, Lord, please help me. I promise I will change lives. The guy put the gun down and we talked it out. At Cowboy Stadium, I found myself asking God to save me again. You can read all of Ricardo Lockett's article at theplayerstribune.com. Please excuse the ambient noise here, but we were in Oxnard, California with the Cowboys at training camp when we got the rest of this story from Jeff. I've never done this other than this one time, but I went into the locker room because I was right before halftime, and I actually looked at my phone. I knew my parents were watching the game. And I knew they were probably really concerned, and I just I knew my dad was going to text me to say, like, you're, it wasn't that bad or, or you're fine, and sure enough, he did. So then once I saw that, I was kind of felt a little better about it. Obviously, I still felt the same way about the outcome. Is I was sick for him just because he's trying to make a living just like I am. He's got a wife just like I do, like he's got kids, you know, all this stuff. And uh, I knew that it was like potentially really bad. It happened so fast and I knew going into the play, like, well, I, I don't think that was dirty. Like, I, he saw me coming, it was in front, it was everything. But their reaction, I was like, man, that might have been yeah, I didn't know what it looked like, you know. I didn't know if it looked terrible, if it, if I, if he completely blindsided him or whatever. So um. he kept communicating with me and letting me know he's okay. And I said, "Man, there's a lot. There's a lot of people out here worried about you right now." I said, "Hey, once you get some indication, let everybody know you're okay." And uh, that's when you see in the picture him raise his hand up, his arm, excuse me, his arm up, and sort of let everybody know that, "Hey, I'm, I'm all right. You know, I'm doing okay." Lockett was finally stabilized and carried off the field after the amazing EMS medical staff safely got him onto a flatboard and then a gurney, and he was carried off the field. He finally managed to muster enough strength to raise his hand and form an L shape with his index finger and thumb, a representation at the time of Seattle's Legion of Boom, the name the secondary was given in 2010. The next day, the Seahawks announced that he'd be undergoing a surgery that hopefully would allow him to walk again, but most likely would end his NFL career. When, when something like that happens, uh, you know, the, 
the game, the outcome of the game seems pretty small in the grand scheme of, you know, this, that, this is this guy's not only job, but this is his life. And uh, the that type of injury, when you don't know, um, like, whether he can play your football or not is irrelevant, whether he can walk or not, whether he can provide for his family in other ways. You know, it's just... So all that stuff is going through my mind, and, you know, I knew... Um, I knew going into, you know, once the game was over and we went to locker room, I knew I was just going to be, I, I knew I was going to have to answer tons of questions. Jeff, it looked like from the replays, it looked like it was a clean hit. Did you feel like it was a clean hit? They said it was a blindside hit. You, you seem to be facing each other. It's not that I didn't want to answer the questions, but I just didn't want to, I didn't want to talk about the play. I just really wanted to hear about him. And then our trainers told me before we even went into the locker room that uh, he had started moving all his extremities and they had him in the hospital and that he was doing, I wouldn't say he was in good condition, but he wasn't in as bad as a condition as I thought he might have been in. Jeff was obviously very concerned for Lockett's well-being, but the conundrum is Jeff is an NFL football player and he knows injuries happen. Guys leave the field of battle every single game with injuries. He gets reminded the game doesn't stop. Talked to our special teams coach, Coach Passaccia. I guess he saw the replay and um, so he was kind of, he comforted me a little bit and just said, you know, whatever you have to do, I don't know how to tell you, whatever you have to do to get out of your head, we still have a whole nother half to play and you're going to be out there. So the game's going to go on, you know, whether, you know, no matter how hurt the guy is, the game's going to go on. I'm a football player. I, I knew how he, like, I knew he wasn't mad at me. Well, I didn't know that, but I, I figured I'm like, that's the type of guy he is. I think he's going to know it wasn't a dirty play. I think those guys, once they see the play, they'll know it's, it wasn't a dirty play. It was just a football play. So I was trying not to be like, well, I don't really. I'm being sensitive to the fact that, you know, I, this guy is severely injured. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, that's my job. I was just doing my job. The Cowboys went on to lose that game 13-12 to to the Seahawks. And in truth, I don't think Jeff really cared. A man's life was attached to a play he was involved in and it was hanging in the balance. I, I went home and, you know, I was had answering texts from a lot of, you know, family and friends and just kind of, they're all really encouraging. And, um, you know, I thought about it a little bit more that night. It wasn't, I wouldn't say it was like weighing on me because at that point I knew like, yeah, he's not dead, he's not paralyzed. Um, he's in, he's in the hospital, so he's in good hands. Then I was like, well, crap, now we're two and six. You know, that, so all that comes in. Have another week, like we gotta go to watch film. It's gonna be a tough film session, you know. So you're kinda on to the next. And then um, I remember I went, when we went in the next day and I talked to our trainers and they said he was about to have surgery. Um, so that's when I shot him a text. It's not at all unusual for today's players from rival teams to reach out to each other. Between players getting released and free agency and trades and everything that happens in an NFL career, there is no doubt a fraternal bond can form between players, even players, on opposing teams. The truth is, nobody understands what really goes on during an NFL game on that field other than the men who strap it on. I just said, uh, I'm praying for you. I hope you know it wasn't my intention to hurt you. 
Um, you know, I hate the way that the play turned out, but you know, I have a ton of respect for you and I'll be thinking about you and, you know, wish him well, a speedy recovery. And then he just responded and uh, it was basically along the lines of, I don't expect an apology. Like, you know, you're just doing your job. You're a warrior just like I am. He understood. He's a war. He, he's a football player. You can just kind of tell by watching the guy play the type of character that people have. So I kind of knew that that's how he would react. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek, and we're both with... United, United Ag and Turf. Turf, the official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Ricardo Lockett underwent nearly 12 hours of surgery the day after the game. He stayed at Baylor Medical Hospital in Dallas for just four more days before heading back to Seattle. He survived, and he recovered from his injury enough to be able to walk, stand, run, and to hold his kids but he retired from the NFL shortly after his recovery process began. The writing was certainly on the wall. He would never and should never play NFL football again. A note from this story regarding the spirit of Ricardo Lockett. On the fifth day after the play that ended Ricardo Lockett's NFL career and changed the path of his life, He was finally being driven away from the hospital in Dallas and the people that saved him. In a car, headed to the airport, not far from the hospital, he witnessed a large contingent of homeless people looking forlorn and hungry. He asked the driver to go to a local fast food restaurant where he bought roughly 100 cheeseburgers. And Lockett, neck brace holding his injured head onto his neck, and his father, who was escorting his son home, passed out those cheeseburgers to those hungry homeless people of Dallas, Texas. EMS technician, John. You know, I had a chance to meet him and 
him and his uh, fiance at the time up in Seattle, he was addressing us as angels, you know, and I, I really don't see it that way. I just see it as, as a person I've been trained to do and love my job and, you know, just do what I do. And But listening to him speak in Seattle, and boy, it really is, that hit me right there. I mean, and then going up and about to shake his hand, and he's like, no, no, I ain't shaking your hand. Let me give you a hug, you know. And one chapter ends, another begins, you know, and that's, what, that's what's happened with him. And uh, he's taken it and, and he's gone he's gone leaps and bounds with it you know and what he's done and you know promoting this spinal injuries and working with people and, and, and letting them know that you know there's a positive end to everything you know that one way or another you know, we'll get we'll get you back on your feet and that's what he did he, he got back on his feet In the end, Jeff Heath spent nearly two hours telling us his story, and at the end of it all, I had to know whether or not any of it moved the needle. How did this change him? What did it all mean? After November 1st, 2015, was Jeff Heath any different? Playing in the NFL specifically is something where it's, no one's gonna hold your hand. If you're not cut out for the job, they just will get rid of you because there's so many guys that are qualified, you know? So I had to mature really fast in that way, realize that I personally control whatever is going to happen to me in this line of work. It's all under my control. Ricardo Lockett has gone on to work as an advocate for spinal cord injury research with the Seattle Science Foundation. He is also one of seven coaches for his 10-year-old son's football team. Jeff Heath is still playing football in the NFL. His last year with the Cowboys, as we told you, was 2019. He played for the Raiders in 2020 and now is a member of the New Orleans Saints. His ninth year in the league. Pretty good for an undrafted, undersized safety from Saginaw Valley State in University City, Michigan. Pretty good. Jeff and his wife Paige live in New Orleans with their son Everett and two Bulldogs, Emmett and Herschel. But Jeff Heath will always be a Dallas Cowboy. Thanks, Jeff, for telling us a story in your cowboy life. Uh, uh.